You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week we are talking about Beautiful, the Carol King musical that we just saw at the Aurora Theater. But first, Chuck, what's happening in the world of the monkeys? Well, this ended up being, I mean, probably the biggest news week we've had since we started this podcast. Yeah. Things just keep happening this week. So where do we want to start? I mean, we've got Mickey Dolans with a new EP. Yeah. Yes. And a book. And a book. And a signing. Yes. And a get-together. Yeah. And yes. it, it goes on and on. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with Mickey's new EP. Yeah. Which the first song that we've heard, um, Shining Happy People, is fantastic. And if you haven't watched the video that goes along with it, it's a bunch of clips of Mickey in his youth, like from a very young age up until about monkey's time. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. And there's a couple of clips you may have seen if you've gone to some of the newer shows that he's, he's done, um, but a lot that you would never have seen before. So uh, right. definitely check that out. So yeah, the, the news from 7A Records reads, We are proud to announce Dolan Sings R.E.M., a four-track EP by Mickey Dolan's released on November 3rd. The EP is comprised of songs R.E.M. wrote throughout their career, all beautifully reimagined by Mickey Dolan's and producer Christian Nesmith. You can order your copy on CD and 180-gram yellow vinyl now from the shops below or get a signed copy straight from MickeyDolan's.com. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's Mickey Dolan singing four e- REM songs, mm-hmm. and the the first single is out now. It's Shiny Happy People. Uh, it's out uh, digitally. Uh, you can see it on YouTube with the, with the video that Veronica was talking about. You can listen to it on Spotify or get it on Apple Music and so forth. Uh, and then the whole thing's out November third, and uh, yep. Mickey's having a signing event at Walk Street Records, which is, I mean, it's the record store for one that's on the record, so that's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're having a signing event there, uh, and I believe you have to call the directly to the record store to RSVP. That's at Wuxtree Records in Athens. They have a second location in Decatur in uh, the Atlanta area, but this is the Athens location in Athens, Georgia. Yes. RSVP to go uh, get your record signed by Mickey. In for, person. Yeah, like an old school. I think it's kind of cool <laughs> that you have to call the record store. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. instead of just signing up online or something. That must be really annoying for them, though. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it's probably fun for them to have people excited to come to the record store. Yeah, true. And a lot of people who've never been there. I've never been to Luxury Records and I live in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I don't I've think never... I've been to Athens, Georgia. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> right. But it's only about an hour and a half for us. Yeah. Now, I get right. it. If you live in Los Angeles, that's annoying. But a lot of stuff goes on in Los Angeles and it's annoying for me. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Mickey would uh, cover more Georgia artists and do all of his records <laughs> launches here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, Jody Ritson announced that there's also going to be a record release party that is following the thing at the record store. And it's dinner, drinks, pictures, autographs, and limited edition swag for those attending. Uh, but I think it's limited to like 25 people. So by this time this come out comes out, it may be too late. So I hope you're following uh, Jody Ritson. But just in case, you can email Jody at jodysmonkeynews at gmail.com. And then this will benefit Make-A-Wish Athens, Georgia. So uh, it's going to a good cause, whatever the cost is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a it sounds like a good time. Go to the record store, get it signed by Mickey. Maybe get a selfie right in front of the record store, holding the record with the record store on it. 
Yeah. You know, and then go to a party with Mickey and have some drinks and some swag. Decent Saturday night right there. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that sounds like a good time. Uh, In addition to that, though, Beatland Books has announced all the the pre-order stuff for Mickey's book. I'm told I had a good time. The Mickey Dolan's Archives, Volume 1. Volume 1. Yep, and this is out in Super Deluxe Edition, Deluxe Edition, Flexi Bound Open Edition. And so you've got some some price options there. Yeah. We already yes. signed up for us, right? Yes. Which super one, Deluxe Edition. The Super Deluxe Edition. That's what we got for the last book, and it was it's well worth it. Yes. So yes. We wanted it to match our um, Andrew Shandoval book. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a little Which too nice. touched. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need to wear white gloves. You know, I'm afraid I'm going to, like, spill Coke on it or something from across the room. I, I, don't, I, uh, I feel like I need to order the super cheap version as well. Yeah. We need or, to get, like, a flexi-bound just so we can have one to look at and then put caution tape around the table. That, or I feel like the Super Deluxe Edition should come with... A like Amazon ebooks, so you yeah. can't share it, but you can see it. <laughs> Even more important than just seeing it digitally, I, I understand why it's not digital. Yeah, but I wish it, there was one that was searchable. Yeah, because that right. would be super helpful. Yeah, it would maybe in the future we'll get that. But I know he needs to recoup his investment for his mm-hmm. the time and money he's put into these. Yeah, projects. Oh, yeah. He's put a ton into it. Yeah, because he goes all out on these things. These yeah, are like yeah. super. Like nicer than they need to be. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. Which is fine with me because it's, you know, it's 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 nice that the monkeys are getting this kind of treatment. And in this mm-hmm. case, Mickey's getting this type of treatment. But yeah. I mean, this thing's got photos going back to Circus Boy days and earlier. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff from the 67 tour. Uh, so it's a lot of like candid photos with the monkeys and behind the scenes, various places and that kind of thing. So it's this should be a treasure trove of stuff. Andrew, Andrew did a, an interview on the Zilch podcast recently that I recommend because it's <laughs> yes, it's going to make you want to buy the book. So yeah. don't take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have re well, I ordered the Super Deluxe, but I'm also very excited because I'm finally going to get a copy of the day by day because I missed out on it right? the first Yay. time around. So I'm finally, but I'm going to have the one I can touch and flip through the <laughs> right. pages and not worry about it so much. We're going to come to but, your house and read yes. yours. Yeah. <laughs> if we crease it, we won't be decreasing ours. <laughs> but I, I still am probably going to be like very gentle with it because it's right. like, oh, it's still I know not a how cheap much they book, as books go. No. Well, and yeah. I know how much they go for on eBay right now, right. too, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm almost more excited to get that. Right. So, yeah. Th- that should be awesome. Now, on top of those two things, as if that wasn't enough. Now, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but Friday Music is reissuing Mickey Dolan's Puts You to Sleep, this time on vinyl and on blue vinyl which looks very nice. But also yeah. it was just announced that they are also doing the original Monkees album. It's coming this fall. It says the Monkees debut album in mono, splash vinyl, gatefold, with a Papa Jeans Blues misspelled cover. <laughs> I mean, if you, everyone's got this record. If you've got a, if you've got a Monkees vinyl, you've got this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Pisces. <laughs> you yes. know? But I mean... It looks nice. It's going to be fun. I mean, it's it's a monkey's issue. Mm-hmm. And they've got that and Mickey Dolan's Puts You to Sleep both coming out this fall. Yes. So if you still have any money left after <laughs> Beatland and 7A get done with you, head over to Friday Music and pick up these two things, too, because... You know, I mean, it's it's a, it's a wealth of riches. If you, I mean, if you if you know a monkey's fan and you, you're ready for Christmas, I mean... Yep. Or exactly. if you are the monkey's fan... Uh, your spouse needs to listen to this podcast. <laughs> they know it to get you for Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, Elaine, you were telling me that Andrew Sandoval is doing a show with our buddies at Beep Bapalula. Yes. Thursday, September 21st, 
at Molly Malone's in Los Angeles. Okay. So this is for the L.A. folks and the California folks. If you want to see Bebopalula and Andrew Sandoval, yeah. they will be at Molly Malone's on Thursday, September 21st. Nice. I wish we could go. So if if you're going, if you're in L.A. and you're going to this show, like take a selfie, like sticking your tongue out at us and send it to us <laughs> on social media. And then when we're at Walk Street Records, we'll do the same and send it back to you. So yeah. we'll be yes. even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that'll even itself out. <laughs> we'll, we'll both feel superior to each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's what's happening in the world of the monkeys. All right. We're going to take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast show. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about beautiful The Carol King musical. So stay right there. Ask yourself, is the Flopcast the right podcast for you? Do you have trouble picking a favorite Weird Al song, Karate Kid sequel, or Justice League Detroit member? Are you obsessed with Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, Vicky the Captain's daughter from the Love Boat, or Vicky the Robot from Small Wonder? Do you think Cindy Lauper's We Are the World solo is the most important event in history? Do you have half an hour a week for something completely stupid? Then the Flopcast might be the right podcast for you. We're on the ESO Network and at Flopcast.net. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week we are talking about Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Chuck, Elaine, and her husband Matt and I all went to see it at the Aurora Theater in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And we had a we had a really fantastic time. What do you all think about it? I enjoyed it. It was a great theater. It was a wonderful performance. And I had fun. Yeah, the venue was great. Uh, I thought the performers were very um very professional. They it didn't feel like regional theater. It felt like they were the quality that you would see at the Fox Theater. I can't testify as a Broadway, but uh, as, as far as the shows that I'm used to seeing at Fox, I thought the level of the quality of the singing, the quality of the performances was right up there. Uh, so, so I applaud the the production. Very good production. Yeah, we had the opportunity to see Beautiful when we were in New York on Broadway. It was actually the first time we went to New York. We were there actually to see the monkeys. But uh, that was the year that Mike was having his heart problems and they had to cancel the shows. Then we were already in New York. Like, well, great. Now we're going to do. And we happened to walk by a poster for Beautiful the Carol King musical. And it was starring um, Melissa Benoist. Yeah. Who plays Supergirl. And so we're like, wow, let's go see. I mean, it's monkeys related. We were here on a monkey's trip anyway. We'll go see the Carol <laughs> King musical instead. And we had a great time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Seeing it again now, now that it's in regional theater here in Lawrenceville, it was fun. I thought they did a great job. Um, yeah. I was impressed with their production. And we had great seats, yeah. much better seats yes. than we had at, on Broadway. I'll tell you that. Yes. <laughs> For way less money. Yes. Um, but I mean, even if you're not here locally, we're going to talk a little bit about the local production that we saw. But also, I mean, they mentioned at the top of the show that there's a lot of regional theaters who are doing mm-hmm. Beautiful now. Because it just it just came available like uh, 2022. Right. So Google, yeah. you know, Beautiful Carol King Musical and your hometown. And there might be a production going on nearby. We had to drive mm-hmm. about an hour to see it uh, from where we live. But uh, it was well, well worth it. We had, we had a great time. Yeah, yeah. In the words of the monkeys, they might be coming to your town. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just like Chuck and I had said when we originally saw Beautiful on Broadway, is there was not enough monkeys references. Are we going straight to the monkeys content? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because there were so many that Carol did with Jerry, and I know we're skipping ahead in the story, um, but and and but they played that their almost pre monkeys time as when they were splitting up. Yeah. Um, but right. they did so much with the monkeys. Yeah. So they had some great songs with them. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, the only monkeys related, I mean, the, the only song of the monkeys that really you hear is um, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Mm-hmm. When they're moving into the suburbs. Right. Well, I mean, it makes <laughs> yes. sense. Yeah, narratively. That's a, yeah it's, a, it's a great song. I didn't catch that. That didn't, that didn't click in my head when I saw it on Broadway. It clicked no. in my head better here because I think I feel like they had a better transition of that okay. um, at this location where they were bringing in the set. So it, oh, that's, hey, this song really fits Yeah, because that did yeah. not click for me on right. Broadway. Yeah, I and mean, we should say, like, you know, this is a a musical based on Carol King's life. It's not a documentary. Right. So yeah. little, if you're writing a thesis on Carol King, don't use <laughs> don't this as your sole source. No. No. <laughs> they, they play fast and loose with the facts <laughs> yes. you know, to tell so a story. The, with the timeline. The timeline yes. very the timeline's mm. very strange. Yes. Yeah. But I mean but yeah, the, when we even when we saw it on Broadway, and like it goes through the 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 show, and there's a lot of you know, people playing different acts who are singing their songs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to the, from the Righteous Brothers, the Drifters, the Drifters, uh, the Shirelles. Shirelles. I was right? going to say Supremes, but I was like, nope, nope, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> Little Eva. Yeah. Yeah. But then they get to Pleasant Valley Sunday and they've got Marilyn Wald, who I think is a fictional character. I think she's just a composite character. I don't think she, there's an actual Marilyn Wald, not that I'm aware of, but um, they had her recording a demo of Pleasant Valley Sunday, um, which the, I mean, the demo that I know of was sung by Carol King. Yeah. Instead, of, you could have you could have brought the monkeys out. You could have had somebody. Could, I mean, it doesn't take much. Put one of them, put them all in hair. Put one of them in a green hat. You know, uh, it would have been it would have been cool to have the monkeys. Yeah. Come out just and like the others did. I thought one of the guys had like the the giant curly hair, like Mickey mm-hmm. of the second season. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like, hey, maybe they're gonna like sneak in and him have him be a monkey even though that's not actually in the script yeah they don't, i don't <laughs> no. think regional theater they don't think they stray that far from the, from broadway mm-hmm. from the scripts yeah that's that's a disappointment i, I feel like they, there should have been a little more monkey love in the script I mean, as it was though there's a lot of figures in this play that mm. are big in the monkey story so mm-hmm. if you're i mean even if you only know 1960s music history through the monkeys you'll know people like donnie kirshner and Carol yes. King and Jerry Goffin and Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann. Yeah. And you commented, Matt, when we left that, I mean, Don Kirshner was a much more sympathetic character here than he is, than we typically hear him spoken of. Yeah. They're like, yes. oh, Donnie wants my song. That's great. <laughs> I, I have yeah. expected, I have to, I have expected him to do a heel turn when uh, Carol King was announcing that she was going to go out on her own. But instead, he was all supportive and all <laughs> gung ho for it. And I'm yeah. thinking, no, no, I, I, if, 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 the way he handled the monkeys, I think he'd have been a little more bitter about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. D- Don Kirshner in this story is very much like the gruff, but heart of gold boss, mm-hmm. um, which that's not how he's portrayed in the monkey story, as we're often told it. Now, I've never met Don Kirshner, but it could have been a lovely guy. And he may have been great to mm-hmm. Carol King. I know that like they were involved, like um, Cynthia Weil, like co-wrote a song, at least one for for the musical like they they were they had at least had some involvement so they may have loved him i mean i it, they may not have the same experiences i don't right. want to say that they're wrong it's just it's right. it's as a right. monkeys fan it's kind of weird to see don kirshner as the gruff but lovable old boss that so i'm only just now clicking that the boss guy is don kirshner really yeah <laughs> like like as you guys were talking about it, I was like, but he was never on stage. So I'm scrolling down and right under Barry Mann's name on the character list is Don Kirshner. And I'm like, Yeah. Oh. That was who they were pitching songs to. It was all music at um <laughs> 1950 Broadway was where she went to work. 
Yeah. That's the old gruff guy is Don Kirshner. No, that's not Don Kirshner. Well, <laughs> that's according to beautiful Carol King is what it is. Yeah. I can imagine that guy making uh, Mike Nesmith want to punch a hole in the wall. No. <laughs> right. right. I think the part that seems the now knowing the parts where when um, Carol and Cynthia were um, going back and forth about, well, he told me this old these other two have been making more music than you. You better get at it or you might be out. And then Carol's like, well, you know what he told me? Right. <laughs> that seems more like Don Kirshner. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just recently we were talking about Cynthia Wilde on the show. She just yeah. recently passed away in June. I mean, do we want to jump into the characters and the stuff on the play or, and how they were portrayed? Yeah, let's go with the with talking about the characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's start with Carol. I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. She, I mean, she played um, the young ingenue 17-year-old Carol, and there was a clear difference between what she was doing there and what she was doing after she had a kid and what she was doing after she'd had her second kid and what she was doing when she was at the end of the show when she was going up on the... um, Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she had a different way she held herself and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in both of the shows that we saw, they both did a good job of uh, portraying her as both a teenager mm-hmm. and you know a young mother and I mean an adult and she's mm-hmm, by, yeah. by the end she's what pushing 30 yeah and 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 that transition from a young girl who wants to be a songwriter to an established songwriter who's ready to step out in front of the microphone herself mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was uh, very well played I mean they, they did a good job I thought of using the songs to sort of tell her story it's not a musical in the sense like they don't sing their feelings like they do in a lot of musicals. Yeah. But um, they did. I mean, they, they tied the songs and the lyrics of the songs in pretty well with the story and what was going on mm-hmm. in their lives, which I thought was pretty good. They played a little fast and loose with the songs that she sang. Like they had her, had her sing It Might As Well Rain Until September as if she had written that uh, when that's a, a Goff and King song. So <laughs> things like that. They, they like I said, it's not a documentary. You know, it's, right. um, you know, it, it, it's a telling of the story, but I thought they did a good job overall of sort of tying in the lyrics of the songs with, you know, what, what was what the characters were going through at the time. Like when they um, when she was a songwriter and she was still living at home and apparently she dated Neil Sadaka and he had right. that song called O'Carroll oh, oh because, you know, right. and I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, did she really date Neil Sadaka? That's interesting. She actually had a single called O'Neill, like one of her early singles before yeah. <laughs> she was a big songwriter. She she had a response song called O'Neill. Which I want to say I read that Gary had a hand in helping her write that. Like Probably. that was, yeah. you know, um, I did also because I didn't know this, but she was 16 in college because she skipped two grades. But mm-hmm. then she was young when she had that first baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. Young. I was like, yeah. oh, she was like, I'm pregnant. I was like wait a minute, how old are you? <laughs> so, yeah. Although some time may have jumped a little bit. She may not have been 16 or 17. She may have been well, 18. I mean, I think in 19, real life, but... she was 17 when they got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she would have been 17. But this is also 17. Wow. Like, that's a little different in like 1959 than it is today. True. Yeah. Um, True. I think just culturally, I think it was more. Especially since she was already in college and probably almost finished with college. Yeah. True. True. But yeah, I thought that um, the actors did a good job. I, I really, I mean, both times we saw it, I really enjoyed the portrayal of Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They are. They were fantastic. I really, really enjoyed them in this production, especially. Yeah. It was about as much about them as it was about uh, Carol King. Uh, in yeah. fact, it's in, the, in the program, it has featuring songs by Carol King and please fill in the names, uh, uh, right. Jerry, um, and then 
Cynthia and, and, and uh, her husband. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it was very much the four of them, the two the two couples in in competition, mm-hmm. but friendly competition. How they made each other better, and I think that yeah. was the focus of at least the first act and well into the second act even. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that um, I mean, the the real Cynthia Wall was at least somewhat involved with that because I know that I I believe that she wrote the lyrics to the the audition song, the Happy Days Are Here Again song that. Um, the the Cynthia in the in the show. If you haven't seen it, Cynthia Wilde comes in and she sings a song, basically her audition to be a songwriter. But it's about her. But I think the yeah. real Cynthia Wall was involved with with writing that song or co-writing it with uh with the guy who wrote it from this uh, who wrote yeah. the music, which is great. I mean, like so she she was alive until just a couple of months ago, and I mean she and Barry Mann were married up until she passed. Yeah, in the show, it, it seems like they didn't like they didn't get married for a long time. But in real life, then they got married in like '62. Like they got married, yeah. like yeah. not long after um, Carol and Jerry did. So she may have just wanted to play up the fact that she, you know, made him wait. You know, <laughs> right? That she didn't just fall for him immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. In the show, it seems like it's like when Jerry and Carol getting divorced is when um, Cynthia and Barry are going to finally get married. No, yeah. That, that wasn't the case in real life. But like I said, it's not yeah. a documentary. They're 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 telling a right. a musical. Yeah. Yeah. And I love yeah. this kind of musical. We, Bronco, you like you're a musical theater person. Like you majored yeah. in musical theater and or in theater performing arts. You've been doing music your whole life. I've never been a big musical person, but <laughs> because I'm married to you, I end up seeing a musical <laughs> on the stage probably like once a month. <laughs> once every couple months now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, probably my favorite ones though are ones like Jersey Boys or uh that one about the temptations, or we just recently mm-hmm. um what was the one we just recently Whitney Houston? No, it wasn't Whitney Houston. Uh Tina Turner? Tina, yes. Yes. Yeah, we we recently saw the Tina Turner musical because for one, like if I'm going to see like Jersey Boys, I know I'm going to like the songs and like yeah. and beautiful. I know I'm going to like the songs already and I already know them. You know, I know them better than most people who are seeing the show probably. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, but it's fun. I, I I like these kind of I like biopics generally, but I, mm-hmm. I like these musical ones where they weave in the songs that they wrote, even though it's not, you know, accurate to history. It's it's a fun celebration of that person's life and work. Yeah. yeah. And if you like biopics and musical biopics michael the M- mj the michael jackson musical is coming to the fox mm. theater in atlanta here in the next we month. will be there no oh, we will too yeah the idea of using uh, the artist's songs and put them in how they relate to events in his life was sort of the what they did with the elton john movie uh, rocket man yeah right um, yeah the, the songs were pr- portrayed more and how they related to events in his life more so than strictly chronologically right yeah yeah, yeah. I think that, I think Rocket Man's a good example. Like mm-hmm. I'm surprised Rocket Man hasn't been on Broadway yet. That'd be a perfect Broadway musical. Yeah. I know they there is they were starting work um last year on a movie version of this. Oh, good. So okay. I don't know how far it's gotten. I just know that they had started work and they had someone they wanted to play Carol that was on board and they had a director and a producer. Yeah. Now that sometimes can go for 10 years. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that's not like an impending announcement, but nope. yeah, I would love to see this as a, as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh they did a good job in the performance we saw of transitioning between scenes. They had a big <laughs> I don't know what the technical term for it is, but it it'd be basically like a, like a giant lazy susan where like the pianos yeah. on this thing that rotates and they would rotate the set. Uh, and then sometimes people will be walking as the as as this thing is rotating and they but they're staying put or uh, little musical numbers and they would incorporate it in and stuff like that. They, they did a good job of of very quickly changing the scene. Now the the scenes were all very basic, you know. It's right, you know, if, it's a couch and a TV or something or a table to show that you're in a living room. There's not a whole like 
a whole living room that comes in. But uh, it was very effective, though. And they're on a platform. Right. So just you just in. push it and move it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blanking on what that's called. It's called something and I can't remember. <laughs> and I'm a theater major and I feel really stupid right now. I think it's called Giant Lazy Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting the way their um, the way their offices were uh, de- were decorated. I say offices; their you know platform with with a couple pieces of furniture. They they looked less like an office and more like a room, like in a home office or something. Mm. Especially Carol's uh, work area, so to speak. So there was yeah. one time where I thought we were going back to Carol's apartment or her home, and no, no, it was, it was her office at the Kirshner Studio. So yeah. And I realized, okay, okay. And I recognized it as they brought it out further, further scenes. I did like how the cast members, if people were out dancing because they were at a bar or whatever, they were the ones responsible for moving stuff on and off the stage. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of times I saw an actual stage hand, somebody who was not on stage, come like try to blend in with the cast to get something yeah. else off the stage. But usually the cast was moving the stuff around. And that, yeah. that was kind of cool to see that. You know, yeah. dancing off with a chair. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that it did a good job of incorporating the musical culture, at least, of that era and how it was changing. They didn't go real deep into that, but they did touch on a bit that, you know, times are changing. Styles of music are changing. And now People are all writing their own songs. That's going to singer-songwriters instead of just, um, you know, the that hit factory from, like, the Brill Building and all the music that were both. I mean, th- those two buildings were, like, diagonal from each other across the street. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they, they were, I mean, they were like music factories back in the day, yeah. turning out songs. And then something else that was, it's sort of under the surface in this show, but they don't really go deep into it is the fact that there's a lot of white people writing music for black actors or black performers mm-hmm. and then trying to sell them to white audiences. But they, they don't really <laughs> yeah. pierce the surface of that, I don't think. I, I think they really, they only barely skim it. Right. And, and that, that right. wasn't the story they were telling. You got a few comments here and there, but yeah. a lot of it's just, the fact that these, these you know, 17 and 19 year old white kids are writing these songs and then almost every time a black act comes out to to sing it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which that's something that was really going on in music at that time, but mm-hmm. not something that this this story really delves into. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's something they could do more of in the movie is pull that out a little bit more. That'd be interesting. It could be. It depends. I mean, this show's pretty long anyway. I don't know how close they would stick to it. Um, I mean, you're more familiar with like Broadway adaptations than I am. Do they usually stick pretty close? They yeah, they usually movies? stick pretty close. Occasionally, they'll yeah. expand it a little, um, but usually it's pretty much the same. Mm. I think the biggest exception was Rent because it was it was a operetta, and they made it a actual movie musical. Yeah, with dialogue and stuff. Yeah. Just for people who are listening, what does operetta mean? <laughs> so an operetta is, um, uh, it's not a full opera um, where they're like singing long ballads, but it, I mean, it, it's like a rock opera. So mm. an operetta is like a, not quite opera. They don't stop and talk. Right. They just keep singing. They just keep singing. Right. Hamilton's kind of that way. Yes. Where Hamilton, they, they just. Hamil- Hamilton is also a rock opera. Yeah. They just go the whole time. And they don't stop and have dialogue scenes and then start singing again. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. When, when they turn Wicked, like the adaptation of Wicked seems like it's been going on for like 15 years. So. Yes. Yeah. Because they've been talking about doing Wicked since Glee was in like its fifth season or something. And everyone's like, Leah Michelle, Leah Michelle. But now I don't think she's quite right for it anymore. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and, but they've they've cast them and there's like 
pick shots out of the people doing it now. So that'll be that'll be interesting because I recently saw it at Fox for the first yeah. time because I've only ever read the book. Yeah. Same here. If they do it, I hope that they do it while, you know, like Barry Mann and Carol King are alive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. attend the premiere and see it and be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I right. hate when they finally do something like that and it's like the the folks have just passed away. Yeah. Know, so, right. You know, it's still good to do. It's still good to honor people and, and that sort of thing. But uh, I mean, I'd rather have an interview with her talking about it after seeing the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see what she thought. Yeah. It'd be cool if you had a cameo in it. Yeah. yeah. People could just cool. so, oh, with that Carol King? Yes, it was. Just, just, yeah. You know, she could play the mom. She could. She could play her own mom. That would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) She might be too old to play her own mom. (laughs) If she had a 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's, um, if I'm not mistaken, Carol King's like 81 right now. Mm. Yeah. So You you could get her in there somewhere. Yeah. You get Mickey Dolan's in there too. Yeah. Just just Yeah. (laughs) That would be fun. Right. Mickey Do- Mickey Dolan's playing Don Kirshner. I had that thought too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, but they would they would have to play him a little differently though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of playing, um, one of the things they had mentioned um, at the beginning of the show before it opened is uh, their Carol King is actually a musical director. So she was actually playing the piano whenever Carol was playing the piano. There's a couple of exceptions because I think some of the pianos were prop pianos because I can mm-hmm. see from my vantage point. Um, there's a TV that had an image of the the um, keyboardist who is also the conductor. Um, and there was a couple of times I saw her playing while um, Carol was playing. But most of the time it was her, she was like just sitting there and chilling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think a couple of times, just because of logistics, she had to play a prop piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that same screen. It was over on mm-hmm. the other side, the other side of stage. That. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Want your vantage point. I was like, I was we're all right looking, next to each other. <laughs> yeah, because well, I was, I saw the screen. And I was like looking up because the band and the orchestra were mm-hmm. like halfway up the wall, if you will, on these platforms above the stage. And so I was like trying to find her, and I'm like, there's the drummer, there's the horn, there's the Mm-hmm. And then I finally saw she was kind of behind a curtain. You couldn't really yeah, see her. Yeah, she was in the center. Yeah. So I thought they used the set really well with putting the musicians out there and also giving levels for people to enter and to act on occasionally. Um, I thought that was very, very well done. Yeah. 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 And you knew you were going to get a cameo sometimes if you were paying attention up there, not on the stage, because somebody would sort of show up in the dark. And then all yeah. of a sudden they would sing a song and then they would disappear. Just a little <laughs> cameo bit, you know, yeah. that, was, that was good. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I can only imagine the franticness of backstage and changing costumes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the ones who played the Shirelles. Because yeah. they were in like three or four different outfits, I think. And then oh. that's only when they were playing the Shirelles. There were mm-hmm. tons of outfits when they weren't playing the Shirelles. Yeah. Right. Um, so I can only imagine they had like a dresser or two yeah. <laughs> on each mm-hmm. side of the stage. Well, like the guys who played the Righteous Brothers were all over the play in different parts. Oh, yeah. Um, well, like a different, we have a long hair wig on this time and that sort of thing. But yeah, or I imagine there's a lot of backstage. You got to be real uh coordinated like real organized back there yep to like to know where everybody's yeah. wig and we shirt. we know this very well yeah. <laughs> i was about yeah, to gotcha. say 
I did see in the program there was actually a wig person. They had like backstage a dedicated wig person. I mean, because Carol King had three wigs herself, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I think a lot of, I, I'm pretty sure, with the exception of the guys, I'm pretty sure all the leading ladies had wigs. Mm. Yes. I think Cynthia did, yeah. and Carol both had wigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well Barry and Gary did not. That was their real hair. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't think the guy who plays Barry Mann plays the guitar. No. <laughs> at least he wasn't on stage. <laughs> no. But he was he was doing pretty good at pretending. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he was, he was doing job. some kind of chords. Yeah. He was moving yeah. his fingers like he was actually playing chords yeah. and they looked like actual chords, but I don't think it was actually. And to be fair, we were in the front row. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. not a not a like it's a very intimate yeah. venue. The stands seem like they go not the stands, but the the seats seem like they more go more up. Like there's several lay like several levels um rather than deep. So yeah. I don't think anyone ha- would have had a bad view, but mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. probably the closest view to a lot of what was going on on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I thought they, they did a good job, though. The, the folks who were playing Barry and Cynthia. Oh, they were amazing. Very charismatic. And it's easier when you're playing like the other main couple. Right. Because you're the main couple's friends. And so I think you're a little bit freer. You're not having to carry all the drama of the show. Also, right. they, they were in real life. They were kind of the more loose couple, mm. at least Cynthia, from what I've read. Okay. I really, I really loved the woman who's playing Cynthia in this. I thought she was really fantastic, and I really enjoyed all her little ticks and facial expressions and reactions as things were happening. And yeah, I, there yeah. were times when like they were doing their little thing in the dark, and we happened to be on the side of the stage where their office was, where I would, I was watching her instead of watching what was going on <laughs> on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I did from the program the one who played Barry Mann. Mm-hmm. This is he's he's not a stranger to doing this kind of um, mm-hmm. play because he was in the Jersey Boys National Touring Company as Frankie Valley. So yep. he's got experience doing this exact kind of thing. So, yeah. And you got to yeah. you got to be able to sing to play Frankie Valley. Yeah. You yeah. Can't fake that. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen Jersey Boys? No. No. That's good. You, got you. you should at least see the movie. I'm slowly dragging Matt into the world of musicals. Slowly. Oh. Well, I always, I always said I didn't like musicals, but then I saw Hamilton. I said, okay, this is the one I like. But then she told me to it. see. Then she told me to say Hairspray, and I'm like, okay, there's two I like. And now this, <laughs> this, this will be the fourth one I've seen, and I'm thinking, dang it, I guess I like musicals. <laughs> we, we get a season pass to the Fox each year, past few years, and so I see a lot of musicals now. Some I like, and some I don't like as much. But, I mean, if you've got someone like that who d- isn't big into musicals, I mean, start with some of the ones that are based on, like, real, like, you know, musical performers and writers and things like Jersey Boys or like Beautiful Carol King musical because it's a good entry point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, yeah. you know, the things about that put off people who like musicals, I don't think are, are as put uh, put offing. That's not even a word. But <laughs> are all as off-putting. Uh, yeah, there and, you go. And this, because they're playing famous songwriters mm-hmm. and people are going to sing their songs and that's natural right. that happens in biopics that aren't musicals but they're telling the story of these people who are singing these songs and, and writing the songs and so it, it feels more natural than i've got a feeling so big i just have to sing it in the streets and then everyone <laughs> in the street will dance with me that's the sort of thing that i think a lot of is off-putting to folks who don't like musicals as much but i mean it's a good entry point i think for some folks if you've got people like that you know try jersey boys or try beautiful they're are the, what was the temptations one called is it just the temptations yeah i can't think of the name of that one but that one's good too we had a great time yeah. watching that yeah well we have 
um, a season pass this year for the Fox. So we will okay. be seeing Annie and MJ and six, and we're going to see Hamilton again. Yeah. Um, Cause we saw it when it was here last time around. So we're seeing yeah. all of them. So he will, he will be inundated will be full with musicals. musicals. Yes. He will be inundated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As far as beautiful the Carol King musical goes. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to our original topic. Um, it was Monkey's there, I mean, talking to musicals. No, no kidding. Um, were there any like standout songs or songs usages or performances that that really grabbed you? I really liked how they used One Fine Day. Okay, that's a good one. Um, I'm not thinking of any particular songs, but uh, I think just being kind of cursor just had a it's a basic knowledge of music at the time. I was. Surprised by how many songs between those two writing groups that they were responsible for that you anybody who will hear a lot of songs they're familiar with, whether they know they wrote them or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of oldies radio. (laughs) Okay. Came from these folks. Uh, I I really enjoyed the use of up on the roof. I thought that Mm -hmm. having uh, Jerry sing that was great. I mean, um, I don't know how accurate it is that he would sneak up on the roof to escape his family life. That was sort of the story that was told in the show mm-hmm. was yeah. that he used to sneak up on the roof to get away from an abusive father or a, a bad family situation. I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, the way it was used in the show was, was pretty moving. And that's one of the good things about, you know, using these established pop songs like this to tell someone's story is that they're recontextualizing them in a lot of cases. And, right. and sometimes it's fun just hearing, like you hear, like you're so used to the produced version that's been on the radio for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And then just hearing someone to just sit down at a, you know, piano and just sing the lyrics meaningfully, you know, as like almost like a first person narrative is, is, I mean, it recontextualizes it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I, I that had was cool. fun with locomotion, little Eva's version of locomotion. That, that was really fun to hear that. That right. was yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, being a child of television, many of these songs I heard as commercial jingles for the first time. Talking about <laughs> talking about recontextualizing songs, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. not in not a good way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember the first time we saw it. Um, I was really surprised when the the nanny turned into a pop star. <laughs> and this time, I knew it was coming. But I, I will say the costume change that they did there was amazing. So mm. extra yes. kudos to the costumer for for really for all of it but for especially for that one yeah because she had a reveal she, yeah she just all of a sudden spun around and she was in her party dress ready yeah. to sing the locomotion yeah 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 we recently did a show where you had three costume changes and i i'm i'm, I'm envious of them having like wardrobe and costume like professionals to help them <laughs> for costume changes <laughs> as a monkeys fan what wasn't there that you would have seen or what would you like to have seen done differently I would have liked to seeing her actually working with the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I know there was and a little bit of it because her and Jerry and Mike worked on some stuff, uh, something yeah. together in yeah. the first album. They wrote together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even yeah, just they like Mike on... coming in and working on it with them after Jerry had that blow up of, oh, well, now we're doing com- commercial TV and then working with Mike Nesmith on it yeah. would have been a nice like little addition. Yeah. I mean, I know they used Pleasant Valley Sunday to show them moving to the suburb because that was a big part in their life, escaping the city and everything. Mm-hmm. But it sort of takes away from the fact that they had already written three songs for the monkey before right. that. One of them, Take a Giant Step, was B-side to Last Train to Clarksville, like their <laughs> first big hit. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah. Yeah. all right. Very much playing fast and loose with the timelines. Yeah, yeah, because it was like, personally, it was like, and you get to work with... 
it's the monkeys. And it's like y'all have already worked with them by now. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Yeah, there was a funny beat where they're like, Who are the monkeys? And Don Kirshner was like, They're like the Beatles, except for American. And they're not except really a band, one. they play a band in a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was very much I think that's in line with Don Kirshner's perspective. But um yes. yeah, <laughs> I would have loved if they, you know. They had that moment in the show where that character came out, the lady came out and started singing Pleasant Valley Sunday. And then um, Jerry sort of took it over. Mm. I would have loved it. Instead, they had that big rotating thing come around and there's just like four guys there and one of them has a green hat on. And then they just go into Pleasant Valley Sunday. I would have loved a big monkeys reveal, you know, for that would have been cool. fans. We were, we, we all cheered when they mentioned the monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, and I was, I was already casting amongst the, the secondary cast who were doing multiple roles, which right. who was going to be Mike, who was going to be Mickey, and all that yeah. <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest criticism of this performance, this is at the Aurora Theater in Lawrenceville, was that Lou Adler had a terrible beard. <laughs> oh, awful. <laughs> awful. I think it was like, supposed to be purposefully <laughs> awful. Okay. Now, if, that, if that's the actor's real beard, I apologize to you, actor. It was not. But it it's would, not no, 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 because that was the curly-haired guy where I was right. like, he should play Mickey if they were going to have a Mickey. Yeah, he had yeah, a, a very yeah. obvious fake beard, and it didn't work. But um, no, and then the whole, I think they did a great job. I thought it was a, a. I mean, it's interesting. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen a show on Broadway. I've only seen two shows on Broadway. For one, um, this one yeah. King Kong, but to see a show on Broadway and then see it in regional theater, especially how close we were, we were front row. Yeah. Right. So I, I mean, yeah. I was very impressed by the whole performance and the cast. I think they did a great job of of bringing it. And I, I love that they do that, that you don't have to go to Broadway to see the show. You just wait and then eventually it'll make its way around to you. So, yeah, I would definitely say, if, you know, wherever you're at listening to this, like Google it, see if somebody within driving distance is, is doing a, a, a version of, or a performance of beautiful King musical. And if they're not like contact the local regional theater and say, Hey, what's up? Where's beautiful? Yeah. See if you can get them to do it. Yeah. And and also just go to whatever they're showing so they can stay in business and keep bringing shows to you. Else you true. might never get to see Beautiful the Carol King musical. Yep. Very true. Yep. Yeah. All right, Chuck. So do you have a you may also like for us this week? I do. And this one is a little bit different because I've got a little roundup here of bands from the 60s or that are carrying on 60s legacy that have new singles or albums coming out. And there's quite a few of them, actually. So first up will be the Rolling Stones because they're still the Rolling Stones. And they've got, they've got a single that was just released entitled Angry, and they've got a new album that's coming out this October. I think it's supposed to be out October 20th, and it's called Hackney Diamonds. And I think this is the first like album. like They had a blues cover album a few years ago, but I think this is the, like 18 years, the first album of new material from the Rolling Stones. And yeah. I mean, it's got some material from Charlie Watts on it. It's got um, like Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are supposed to be contributing to it. It's, it's It should be big. And then the first single is great. Uh, which is good because that's a good start. It's having, having a good single. Yeah. Um, a little video that went along with it is, was really good as well. Yeah. They had a video. It's, it's great. It's got Sydney Sweeney, the actress, who's actually, she's rumored to be playing Barbarella in a remake of Barbarella, but she's driving around. I mean, she's like in the back of a car, just sort of being hot girl in the car, but they're going by all these billboards and the billboards are basically the Rolling Stones through the years singing the song so it could be like 80s rolling stones or 70s rolling stones but they're all singing this current song and yeah. um the the current day rolling stones sort of pop up at the end uh, it's a fun video though it's a it's a yeah. good i like that it's an actual video for one and not just a lyric video you get a lot of lyric videos now mm-hmm. that's just someone yeah. edits together and puts on youtube but uh this is a good solid video it's a good solid song and uh, i'm looking forward to the album like so that's out october the 20th 
2023, if you're listening to this uh, in the far future, um, you can, <laughs> it'll be accessible to you. Okay. And then up next is a band that is none of the original members, <laughs> but it's the Ventures. If you remember the Ventures, famous surf instrumental group from the 60s, well, that band has continued on through the years with various members. And so there are still a group of Ventures who are carrying on the legacy of that original group, but they have a single out now. I think the single that's out now is Fly Me to the Moon. But then they have a, the new album is entitled New Space. And it's sort of a play on uh, the 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 Ventures had a famous In Space album in 64. But uh, it's got a cool, like, sort of groovy Ventures logo. It, has, it makes me think of Lost in Space, the logo, because it's a star field and then a yellow sort of retro looking the Ventures. But look out for that. That's it's coming out here pretty soon. It's September 22nd from High Tide Records. But if you like that sort of surf instrumental 60s vibe, um, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Ventures. Like I said, they're not the original Ventures, but they're these guys are very talented and they're carrying on that legacy. Sounds like somebody might be on a future Flower Power cruise. Could be, could yeah. be. I would love to see the Ventures, any Ventures live. I'd, that's just great dance music and it's just fun music. And yeah. then you guys may remember not too long ago we were talking about the Circle, who um, yes. like they I think they opened for the Beatles at Shea Stadium. Um, we saw. So, uh, some a little bit of the circle uh, when we were at Fab Fest in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. But they recently released an album on CD called The Circle Center of the World. And it was some new material uh, as well as some remakes of older material. But it was kind of weird. You had to go to like an Etsy store and buy it off of Etsy yeah. and get it that way. Well, now they've got a deal with um, Big Stir Records. And so they've got a single coming out. And it's um, basically it's two songs that were from that album. They've got their their new version of Red Rubber Ball is on there. Uh, that's the B side. But the A side is We Thought We Could Fly, uh, which is a newer song. Um, and now this yeah. is it's a couple of the original members and some new members. And so it's, it's sort of a hybrid. It's like, but I'm, I'm glad that they've got a record deal now again. And yeah. so you've got an actual single coming out from Big Store Records. And then hopefully that'll be followed by an album. I would love to see you know, I mean, CD's fine, but I'd love to get, you know, a nice looking vinyl album of it. And I'd love to see them continue on and, and do some more new music. Yeah, I know they're um, doing shows here and there because I, I follow them on social media and they they do individual shows like with more right. members than what was at FabFest. So right. FabFest is very stripped working. Down. Yeah, yeah, they're out there working, trying to, you know, make music Absolutely. and perform. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cool that you've got three like... I don't want to, I hesitate to say three sixties groups because some of them are just carrying on the legacy of those groups. And then some of them are some new members, some old, and then you get the Rolling Stones, which is basically just the Rolling Stones. I love that they're continuing on. And then you've got one more, which it's in the process. They, it's not on the way out yet, but Strawberry Alarm Clock has been working on a new album, but they've been doing a fundraiser, like a crowdfunding, trying to fund getting this album completed. Um, and this has been going on for a little while, but if you search for Strawberry Alarm Clock um, on GoFundMe, they've got it's called Strawberry Alarm Clock Finish Our New Album. And as of right now, they're at $6,800, almost $6,900 of a $20,000 goal. So they've got a long way to go. And this has been going on for a little while. So, you know, if you're into Strawberry Alarm Clock, take a look at it. Um, it's not one of those like Kickstarter kind of things where you get something, you're just contributing. Yeah. So that's, I'm not recommending anyone do or don't do that. That's up to the individual. But, um, you know, if you're into that type of music, you'd like to hear more of it, something to at least look at and consider, especially when it's original members. I love when there's original members of a band, even if it's an original member with some new members. I love when they're still, they're still out there. They've still got something to say. They've still got some music to make. And I love 
you know, that they're still active after. I mean, this is 2023. We're talking about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 60s was a long time ago. It's like, yes, well, it was. was 60 years ago. 63 was 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's been yeah. Unless you're the Rolling Stones, in which case you'll be here forever. But everybody else, it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. When my grandkids listen to this, pick up the new Rolling Stones because <laughs> it's not <bad> it's good. <laughs> Oh, and before I forget, Ringo Starr has a new EP. Yeah, This is his fourth EP. It's called Rewind Forward. The single is already out, but uh, the EP will be out October 13th. Uh, that'll be on digital, cassette, CD, and 10-inch vinyl. And it features a song called Feeling the Sunlight, which is written by Paul McCartney. Yay. So that's, I mean, Ringo counts. He's not a band, but he was he was in a band. Did you guys hear about yes. the band that Ringo was in? Yes. In I, feel like, I feel like that's almost a Beatles song. Yeah, right. I and mean, that's like, you know, I mean, that's the two remaining Beatles, so that's a Beatles there. song. But speaking of a Beatles song, there's been all that stuff going on in the news lately about there being that AI Beatles song coming. And now it's not an mm-hmm. AI Beatles song. Everyone hears that and then punches their computer before they have time or throws their phone out the window into traffic before they <laughs> finish reading about it. But what it is, is they're going back and finishing a song, right? I think I know what song it is, but I'm not going to say because it's not been confirmed. But it's one that George has worked on that. John has worked on. So it's going to be the last track that has all four Beatles working on it. So that's why it's the last Beatles song, right? Yeah. Now there's been some, we don't know for sure how much AI is being used. What they're saying is they're using the AI technology to demix it from John's demo so that they can remix it and add their parts and everything. Some other people are saying, no, they think they're doing a little bit more than that. I don't know what they're doing, but whatever they're doing, it's a new Beatles song. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to grumble about a new Beatles song before it even comes out. Um, Now, I know that some fans have used the AI technology to sort of de-age Paul. And for instance, there was a version of new where they de-aged Paul and they added some John and they added some George and they added, you know, like they made they sort of turned it into a Beatles song. And some of that stuff is done really well. And some of that stuff's done really poorly. I I could see Paul, though, embracing that kind of stuff, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he did that video just a couple of years ago where it was like. A 25-year-old Paul McCartney dancing to the song the whole time. <laughs> Did you guys see that? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I was at my mom's in Macon when that came out. So I watched it and I went and showed it to her. So my mom, you got a picture of my mom. She's like 69 years old, right? So she like pulls her glasses down and sits back and holds the phone out and just watches the whole video. And she puts her glasses back and hands it back to me. And she said, Paul McCartney was better looking than that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that yeah. part. Now my mom would have been like 13 when Beatlemania hit. So she she knows. She's she yeah. you know She knows how what Paul McCartney looked like back in the day. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't be good. But I mean, it's, it's something new. Let's listen to it and see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right, Matt, where can people find more of you on the internet? Uh, well, most of the sites you find Elaine. Uh, we uh, we have a uh, joint Facebook endeavor where we uh, catalog what we watch on TV, oftentimes comment, and trying to find a ways to expand that into other forms. If More information on that soon. Uh, I comment a lot on uh, Chuck and Veronica's uh, Facebook page for their podcast, Earth Station Trek, which they will mention. <laughs> but uh, uh, right now I'm getting ready to do a countdown of the animated series episodes. We're about finished watching that. So I've, 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 ca- I've counted down the first three seasons of the original series episodes, and this will be sort of along those lines. Uh, so we, people can find me there. And um, otherwise, that's mainly it. All right, Elaine, how about you? You can find me on Facebook at Monkeying Around, on Twitter, X at Monkeying Around. Uh, we also have email at 
monkeyingaroundpodcast@gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Elaine and Matt Watch TV. All right. How about us, Chuck? We have a big announcement, actually. Yeah. Because since our last podcast, uh, Felt Nerdy, which is our puppetry duo, uh, that's what we perform as here locally, um, we launched our YouTube finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had some material that we've been sitting on for a while that we filmed during the pandemic for various um, online conventions. But none of it was quite as good as I'd hoped it would be. And so I was trying to, I, I kept wanting to revisit it. Um, people and people have enjoyed it, but you know, I, I'm self-critical. <laughs> but I mean, it came up during Dragon Con that they were doing his puppetry screening and they were asking if we had anything they could show. And so I gave them some stuff and they, they, they wanted to publicly screen it. And I was like, well, you know what? I can, we can go ahead and start putting this stuff out. It's, I've been sitting on it too long. I'm not gonna, I, I would just remake everything until it, <laughs> it was good enough for me. But, uh, it's getting some good reactions on, uh, YouTube. If you look out, uh, go to YouTube and search for Felt Nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting with some stuff that we've already got and we've got some plans to start shooting some more stuff and, uh, get the ball rolling on, um, getting more of our, our work on film, which is a little bit, it's a little bit of a challenge. It's a different discipline than, than performing live is it's a, it's, it's a very different setup, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, we're having fun. We're going to be filming some more stuff and we'll be, we're hoping to have some stuff out through Halloween. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And also go to feltnerdy.com, which as of this right now, I'll redirect you to our Facebook page. We're still working on a website, but you know, check out Felt Nerdy. It's our our puppetry performances. We do both adult and family friendly puppetry all over the place. We've got shows here in Atlanta coming up, and we've got shows in Tennessee coming up. Um, so follow along, and you know, maybe we'll be somewhere near you. You can come. You know, if you come to one of our shows, say hey. Yeah. Tell us if you heard us on monkeying around. You know, come monkey around with us. Yeah, with puppets. Well, we'd love to we meet. Maybe coming to your town. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and what else, Chuck? Earth Station Trek, which is our podcast about Star Trek. And I also have um, a little bit of a separate venture on my own. Not completely separate. Never is. Um, but uh, Dava Woman on Facebook and TikTok. Um, on Facebook, it's primarily more of our adult puppetry content. Yeah, not um, safe for work. Not safe for work. Um, and on uh, TikTok, it's... Me talking about Star Trek, me sharing other Star Trek TikToks. Um, there's videos of my dog Muffet <laughs> and of all the various TikTok filters where you do weird things and it tells you what Star Trek rank you are and all that fun stuff. So check me out, Dabba Woman 8 on TikTok. And if you just search Dabba Woman, you'll find me. You'll see the picture of my smiling face. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Are you not recording now? No, I'm still recording. Were you going to say something else you wanted to be on the recording? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.